This is the Whole Mind Podcast. We are three therapists who love Jesus and want to encourage and educate you about the mind. We are Grace, Wendy, and Candace. Hello, welcome back to the Whole Mind Podcast. We're excited to dive into a little bit more of a topical thing, kind of pretty relevant. There's a lot of people coming into therapy these days. So we're going to talk about the ins and outs of therapy and kind of process maybe some questions that you have about it, some things that happen when you start, why to start, and all of that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode. I feel like I get a lot of people who have never done therapy before, Mm -hmm. their family's never done therapy, and it's super scary. Like, you're Mm -hmm. coming into this new building, talking to this stranger about your greatest hurts in life. So I'm excited that we can just offer some clarity and hopefully some peace and guidance to people Mm -hmm. on just what it's like to start therapy and how to navigate it. Yeah. I've also had people who are nervous and have a lot of questions about scheduling and payment and Mm -hmm. some of the logistical things. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that stuff and answer those for you now. So to that, if that's your reason for not going to counseling, you don't have a reason after this podcast. <laughs> if it's like, well, I don't really know who to call. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what forms to fill out. I don't know. Well, no, you don't have an excuse. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if you don't know that stuff, like it is challenging to navigate, mm-hmm. you know, like the world of like mental health and therapy is tough if yeah. you don't know. So when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do we know How do I know if I need therapy? Mm -hmm. How do you know if you need therapy? How do we know? (laughs) How do we all know if we need therapy? You need therapy? How'd you know? (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) Girl, how'd you know? (laughs) So I feel like a huge collection of things can bring you to therapy. People come in for grief. They've lost lost a loved one or even a dog, and they just really need a safe place to Mm -hmm. talk about it. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, okay, there is no one thing that should bring you to therapy. We are Mm -hmm. all highly individualized people, and we have different stuff going on in life. Um, But I think we're just going to give you kind of a little quick overview of maybe some of the more typical things we would see. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Wendy, what do you want to say to that? Sure. There's a whole list that we have here, so I'm going to run down through the list, and then I have some things to add to at the end. Mm -hmm. So if you see yourself stuck in unhealthy patterns, behavior done repeatedly due to emotions or triggers that ultimately sabotage negatively, ultimately sabotages. If you are having marital issues, parenting challenges, if you ever were in crisis or are currently in crisis, if you have unresolved or repressed trauma, if you're feeling overwhelmed, fatigued, maybe have some rage or anger issues, if you're anxious, having intrusive thoughts, um, if you're having apathy towards life, towards things that you don't normally have apathy towards, mm-hmm. if you're noticing or other people are noticing that you're withdrawing socially or are experiencing agoraphobia, or if you're just feeling hopelessness. Mm-hmm. There's a whole list of things there. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, agoraphobia is just that you stay in your house and you really fear leaving your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of anxiety leaving your house. Mm-hmm. Um, any phobias, I think, would warrant yeah. Yeah. counseling. Maybe not, like, I I kind of diagnose myself with a phobia of worms. I hate, <laughs> like, irrationally hate oh, worms. There is mm-hmm. a term for that. I just learned I'm pretty sure day. I have it. Because yeah. even, like, when it rains and there's worms all over the road, driving over them in my car, like, I get squeamish. Oh, it's it's like, bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will never do exposure therapy for worms. I don't feel like I need <laughs> no. to. It does not impede my life. I am fine being scared of no. worms. But I think that's even a good point of when you know that you do need therapy. If it impedes your ability to live your life, mm-hmm. you should probably come talk to yeah. someone. Yeah, if your world has become small because of your phobia, like you're just, there's not a whole lot you can do outside of this certain box. Mm-hmm. And that affects your relationships, affects, you know, work and all that stuff. That's really good to be able to get some insight and help and a little probing um, to mm-hmm. get outside of that box. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking last night on my way out of the office. I was talking to Benny Met- Betty Metzler. Aw, Betty. Who actually tomorrow is her last day here. Wow. Is it really? Yeah, she said she's coming in tomorrow morning, and then she's done. So we're <sighs> going to miss you, Betty. We love you. love you, Betty. Um, but I was talking to her on my way out about counseling and people coming in for therapy and stuff, and she kind of made the comment like, 
you know, we go to get a physical every year, once a year to make sure our bodies are working well. We take our car to get inspected once a year to make sure our cars are working well. Why don't we make it a thing to go to therapy, you know, mm-hmm. get like six sessions a year mm-hmm. just to check in, just to tune up, just to make sure you're on track and you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, so that could be a reason that you come to therapy. That's Absolutely. just kind of a check-in and a checkup. A mental health checkup yeah. to make sure that your brain is yeah. okay and your mood is okay and you're on a good path and your relationships maybe it's a marital checkup yeah there's a whole lot mm-hmm. I really like how she worded that too yeah, because too. man do we like forget about ourselves our interpersonal stuff yeah. our relationships mm-hmm. we're just so on autopilot mm-hmm. a lot and like if you're checking in on something you actually can see where some things not working well for you or your relationships yeah um, you've only got one life to live make yeah. sure it's the best that you can have Ooh, ooh, that's a quote <laughs> candace gudgeon <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> yeah so grace how do we start counseling mm-hmm. what's the what's the very first thing and what's the pro- progression yeah from nothing at all to sitting in the office yeah Man, and this is what I hear from a lot of people outside of my office. Like, they're like, oh, you're a therapist? Let me bend your ear real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have an hour or two? <laughs> right? No. <laughs> Absolutely shopping. not. I'm melting. <laughs> Where we go? But, you know, sometimes there are friends or family members or church members that will, like, ask me certain questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And they're just they're just so bogged down with like confusion. Like I don't even know how to start. I don't even know how to do this. And like it, that like is really intimidating to them. Mm-hmm. And so what I always suggest is like, well, I give a lot of suggestions and referrals because I know how to navigate the field. But if you don't, a good place to start with is asking a pastor, a mentor, a leader. Um, a friend for a referral or suggestion they Mm -hmm. could say hey this is where we recommend people go Um, here's the links here's the resource Mm -hmm. Um, we've had lots of people enjoy you know these therapists um, Mm -hmm. and benefit from them yeah or check out google yeah Yeah. (laughs) honestly google if you're looking for christian therapy google christian counseling near me Mm -hmm. and see what pops up and then start reading biographies and yeah stuff. you're not gonna say this but um <laughs> start reading about the organization about the counseling office what they believe in mm-hmm. and biographies about the counselors and hopefully they have pictures up because i think pictures pictures say a thousand actually, words it really does yeah. my picture on our website is so outdated it's yeah, from like when i first started and it was like our engagement pictures <laughs> i have one of me <laughs> And I'm like, wow, I so don't look like that anymore. But, like, great. Mine's from 2014 oh, when wow. I first started. So it's seven years it's old now. It's time for new pictures. I haven't said anything because I look a lot younger then. So <laughs> that's okay. You still look great, Wendy. 24-year-old me can stay up there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the anyway. people when they come into my office are like, are you Grace? <laughs> you look yes. old. Oh my word. Has anyone ever really said no. that? Okay. No, I'm just joking. You don't look old. <laughs> but anyways, definitely so, check out the websites yeah. of any practice that you're looking at. Um, make sure their values line up with mm-hmm. um, what you'd be looking for in a counselor. Um, make sure that they work on what you're hoping to mm-hmm. come in for um specialties are important some counselors are super eclectic kind of like the three of us but definitely make sure they've like worked on what you're looking for therapy for and make sure they have a nice face like a picture really does it helps mean a lot yeah if you feel comfortable with looking at their biography and their picture that you know that's important that's significant Mm -hmm. So then after that, you've kind of settled on a place um, and you want to, you know, ask if that certain therapist is open. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to ask if that one's open just because you see someone and decide on one. Don't get your hopes 100% set on yeah. that one person because That's they might true. not be accepting new clients. Yeah. And that is sad. Like, we're sorry that happens, but we do get booked up a mm-hmm. lot, especially post-pandemic. Man. Yeah. Just talking to Kathy the other day, she's like, yeah, I've been turning people away for months now. Mm-hmm. So, I'm so, so sorry, sad. We really can't. We don't like doing do that, but that. unless we turn some people away, we can't give our best to the ones we do have. But yeah. And sometimes there is a waiting list. So eventually, but that's, you know, that's also hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, so then once you have done that and you reach out to the, um, you've settled on who you wanna reach out to, call or email. A lot of places, if you're not comfortable calling, which I get that a lot, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't wanna call millennials, <laughs> Gen Z, we get it. Um, you can email, there's a lot of places you can set up. Just mm -hmm. reach out, email, and then they will email you back. Um, and the, the the person that reaches out to you is usually the admin. Um, for us, that's good good Kathy Weiler. She's mm -hmm. awesome. We mm -hmm. really appreciate her. She does so much. Um, and then they'll send out intake paperwork, and they'll get you connected with the therapist. What is intake paperwork? Someone describe that. Oh, how do you describe it? A so, fifty-page form that you have to write. A DNA sample. <laughs> It's not even that scary. For <laughs> some people, it is. Like I've oh, I meant like it's not like an actual not fifty bad. page. Take your yeah. DNA. Yeah. What's it's not that overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it's not that overwhelming. Not that much, yeah, but it does ask for a good bit of information on you. I yeah. think our intake page is like a front and back four page. Yeah, sounds very yeah. Page um four page intake form 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 yeah thing that you can fill out online for our practice yeah but it asks you about you and where you live it asks some questions about your family it asks about uh, it asks about what all you're coming in for counseling mm -hmm. for um it also addresses issues such as finances mm -hmm. um and our practice works on a sliding scale so it talks you through that um mm -hmm. it also talks about just privacy stuff like confidentiality yeah. um as well as where we would have to break confidentiality as informed reporters yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's basically it and it, i have i've talked to some people too where they're like yeah i got connected and now i have to fill out this intake form and i am dreading it i don't mm -hmm. want to because it's just so hard to like look inward and like think mm -hmm. about talking about your stuff um, and so I'm like, okay, we'll do like a question at a time, mm -hmm. like pace yourself. Um, you're not meeting with them for a month. So like, you know, pace yourself with, you know, how you fill that form out too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Candace, you kind of said a little bit about confidentiality, but what does the first session look like? So, um, I feel like the first session looks a tiny bit different depending on what counselor you mm -hmm. go to. So I mine can... look a lot different. Yeah, do yeah. they? I'll I'll talk about that later, but yeah, okay. intake sessions are quite a bit different than my the rest of counselors. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. But... I would say mine is different from the rest of it. Um, You're saying per counselor. Per counselor. Oh, oh, per counselor. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant from the rest of therapy. And I was like, I don't really do therapy at all in my first session. <laughs> when yeah. it's just having them do cartwheels. <laughs> we just do cartwheel competition. <laughs> yeah, this is cartwheeling down the hall. Or four clients standing there like, okay. Because I can't do a cartwheel. I mean, I can't do one anymore. But oh, once no. upon a time. I've got shoulder problems. I can't do that. <laughs> anyway, no one's doing cartwheels. This is 45 now. Well, I am old. I mean, I have hip troubles, so yeah, it's all that right. Would be hard. Anyway, we're in our mid twenties. Off we go. Mm. So, yes. this first we're session. We're in our mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this going like every episode? Wendy's thirty one. Everyone here is in our twenties except for me. Hey, I'm no. thirty seven. I'm so close to thirty. I'll be twenty eight this year. Thirty seven. Twenty seven. Did she say 37? No, no he, he said, said 27. Oh, I heard 37. You are 31. <laughs> and you're 31. And I'm 26. Okay. All right. So. What does our first session look like? Candace, yeah, what's so our intake session? This first session, we call it the intake session. I have a love-hate relationship with intake sessions. Oh, I, like I love it because I really like getting to meet new clients. I'm yeah. always really excited for you and proud of you because I know that coming to counseling is not easy. This, is prob this yeah. could be the bravest thing you've ever done. It's very true. Um, so I always try to affirm that. The hate side is that... Unfortunately, this is a session where you bring your stuff and we might not be able to do much with it. Oh. I don't really enjoy having to send you out That's there true. not having not having gotten to do a ton with it, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Is that how does that relate to some of your personality though? That's true. So I am someone who likes to get the job done. Um, I like to move through things. So it is hard for me to just like Yeah kind of let it let it be and not even be able to start really digging into mm. stuff and even more than intake session because they come in and talk about their stuff so, mm -hmm. it's, so it's like they come in with a present you unwrap the present but you don't open the box yeah and then you give it back to them with the wrapping paper and all and you say like 
here. Yeah. Bring it back next week. Yeah. And there's still a bunch of stuff in there that mm -hmm. they haven't, they've started unwrapping, so it's mm -hmm. like raw, but you haven't really worked on anything, so there's not much yeah. for them to go off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I think that's the expectation, though, people have coming in. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Oh, okay. So we should, like, just so you guys know, that's your first session probably won't have much therapy in it because I think oh, some yeah. people probably would come in saying like thinking this is the first session I'm gonna I'm leave gonna be feeling better better and you might not hmm. mm -hmm. that's okay. not the way our brains work anyway yeah. um but yeah so that's kind of like a big broad overview of the yeah. intake form I guess we mostly just like I mostly talk about your intake form yeah. with you in this intake session and we start sorting through your story and your life. Mm -hmm. We talk about confidentiality, which means that I cannot tell anybody a soul of what you say inside of my session, mm -hmm. except I am a mandated reporter, right. which means if you tell me about child abuse, elder abuse, or the intent to seriously hurt, like kill yourself, then I will have to inform the authorities. And mm -hmm. I always say it exactly like that mm -hmm. in um, my sessions. I ask if you have any questions. If you do, awesome. If you don't, then we go on with yeah. chatting about what all is going on. With confidentiality, and when I explain it, I'll be like, if you tell me you want to slap a coworker, I'm yeah. not going to report that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or if you're... I always say something like that, too. Yeah. Like, if you want to wring your husband's neck, like... That's fine. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> it. But I'm not going to report it. Mm -mm. Right? I'm always like, it just it has to be serious. A and serious threat. That I suspect that you're planning to yeah. do these things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I also have started telling my clients... Um, we live here in Lancaster County, and it's small. The world is small here. So I do tell them, if I see you either at church, out of the grocery store, in passing, anywhere other than in our office, any contact they have is solely up to them. Mm. I will not approach them. Mm. I will not make that first contact. If they want to say hi, they can come up to me and say hi. Mm -hmm. If they want to keep on walking and completely ignore me, they're perfectly allowed to do that because yeah. that takes away that uncomfortableness that if I'm with my husband and they see me and they don't want my husband to know that they're my client mm -hmm. or they're with someone that they right. don't want mm -hmm. to know that I'm going to therapy and that's my therapist. Right. Why are you going to therapy? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, but I also want them to know that I'm happy to say hi, that if you want to come say hi to me out in public, mm -hmm. I'm happy to say hi and, you know, maybe meet your family or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's on you. Yeah. It's different for everyone. I've had people who like, cause like Wendy said, Lancaster County is a very small community. <laughs> I feel yeah, like no idea from out of the area. Right. You, I am not from here. So more. it's very different. Shout out to Jersey. <laughs> Shout out to Jersey. Um, <laughs> but I've had situations where like I see a client from afar and they literally turn tail yes. and go the other way. Mm -hmm. I've also had people be like, Hey, it's Candace. And they're and, like, She's my friend. therapist. I know. They like literally like, Hey, that's my therapist to uh -huh. their friends. And I'm like, hello. It's just, yeah. it's whatever. And both are fine. Yeah. Both are totally fine. Both are fine. completely fine for me anyway. Yeah. Like if mm -hmm. you, if we kind of make eye contact and we see each other and you keep on walking and like turn tail and run, mm -hmm. perfectly fine. Not offended at all. Yeah, that's I do not fine. care. I want yeah. you to feel yeah. like you can do whatever you need to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it is it's kind of a little more intimidating for me when I have people who are like shouting off the rooftop is like, That's my therapist. Because it's Grace. look at the girl in purple. <laughs> I'm wearing Grace purple. is wearing purple today. <laughs> but uh, and and that's like more their like comfort zone and like they're fine with that and I'm happy that they're fine with mm -hmm. that. But I'm like, Oh, oh, what do I do? <laughs> Where do I put my hand? Pocket <laughs> space. I don't know. <laughs> But I, yeah, it just depends on what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And your your therapist might be different. They mm -hmm. might say, please do not come up and talk to me in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's okay. They're allowed to say that. That's mm -hmm. their boundary. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is just what the three of us are mm -hmm. okay with how yeah. we operate. Yeah. yeah. So what else about the first session, Candace? <laughs> yes. So um, as far as, I guess, things that you might be able to start getting into in the first session would be the goals and what you hope to get out of counseling. Mm -hmm. Something that I always ask is like what, who you want to be at the mm -hmm. end of this. Um, and wow. we usually talk about that for like a little bit and then we really dive into it in our second session. Yeah. 
depending on what state you come to me in, we might start digging into coping mechanisms to get you through the next week. Um, we yeah. might do something called a crisis plan, which is literally a piece of paper that I work through with you to help you establish who is safe in your life, mm -hmm. what are safe things you can do, um, and how can you distract yourself from your intense feelings mm -hmm. in the moment. I don't do that with everyone. That's really only if you come to me in extremely anxious or extremely depressed state during mm -hmm. our first meeting. Yeah, I will often sometimes have people do a safety plan as well, mm -hmm. which is similar to that. But if they come in suicidal, self-harm, struggling with self-harm, things like that, we'll fill out a safety plan and we'll both sign it. And it just says, um, instead of hurting myself, I'm going to do these coping things. Mm -hmm. And these are some people that I can talk to if I feel tempted to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. If I, and there's a scale of like one to five. And if I reach number three, I think number three is like, or number four, number four is like creating a plan. Like you're starting to think about how you would commit suicide. Mm -hmm. If I get to number four, I commit to calling 911 or, you know, going to the ER. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then we both sign it. And that's just saying like, we're committing to life and yeah. I'm supporting you in this and I'm holding you to this and I expect to see you back here next week. Yeah. And yeah. I want you here. Yeah. So that's kind of along the lines of a crisis plan. Like, yeah. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. I, I always, at the end of my sessions, um, I use my whiteboard a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm always using my whiteboard and you have one in your mm -hmm. office too. Um, do you have one, Candace? I don't. Mm. There's, a, there's a big one for free if you want it. I'm not good at doing both. Visual, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not a visual. No. And that's I totally think fine. visually, so I it's hard for me to sometimes to, like, talk my... <laughs> <It's> just like... <laughs> we just had, like, a moment of Candace being like, where did that go? I... So when I was in grad school and I was learning how to be a counselor, I was all about the worksheets. I love oh. drawing things out and seeing things, but the office I'm in right now is on the smaller side and there's not enough room for a whole whiteboard. Yeah. So yeah. I've been practicing here for two years, two, almost wow. two and a half years. That was fast. And I've never had a whiteboard, so I've gotten used to just like talking. And I use my hands a lot, but like yeah. I can't draw anything anymore. I just have to talk through it. Yeah. You should get a little handheld whiteboard like Grace has, and just have it. You mm -hmm. don't have to use it. But then if it's there, it might bring some of that back. Okay, because yeah. if yeah. that's where you started out, that might still be in there. It might still it might be, be inside somewhere. Yeah, and but for some clients, they really don't track with visuals. Like they mm -hmm. really don't. So like they but need... some do. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not drawing little circles of identity and um social circles mm -hmm. and stuff but yeah yeah anyway okay I, so on your whiteboard Grace. yeah yeah so what i do is I, I carve out a little bit of time in our intake session because i really i don't love that feeling of like they have nothing mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. so you know i was like so this is these are some of the things that i've been hearing from listening to your story um and this is about the time when we you and i start collaborating on goals um, so I'm just going to write some of these things on my whiteboard and we'll, let's, let's word them together. And I'll say, this is what I heard. What do you think? A lot of times they're really appreciative that they're like, wow, you just put that into a sentence. And I had no idea how to put that mm -hmm. into a sentence, but I want to give them choice for how it's worded. And I'll check in with them. Like, are you sure that sounds good? Like, would you tweak it any other way? Um, but sometimes it is just hard to know what it is that we want yeah um and i'll give them that like reflection from what i heard and then we'll put it on the board and i usually do maybe three or four i call them hopes and goals mm -hmm. um and they're like just the overlying like kind of big things and um i call them hopes and goals because i'm not as task oriented with a lot of this stuff and i say like we're not just checking these off but we are we do have a place that we're working towards mm -hmm. um and then they can take a picture of it so that's for my people who forget stuff and they're like it's really hard for them to remember what we talked about in session i'm like here you go you got a picture yeah yeah pictures um, are super helpful that's your background i know like, print it out put it on your wall kiss it as you go <laughs> to and from places and they're like okay grace like, okay no, no, no. grace <laughs> yeah holy you think i'm kidding <laughs> 
but yeah. Oh yeah, but I think that's such a great thing to do. And what I also do with my goals in my session is every maybe like couple of sessions, we look back at those goals mm. and see how you feel like you're doing and if you feel like you're still working towards those and if you still want those goals or if your focus has shifted. That's mm. good, I like that because they're not like set in stone, mm -mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will say this is um, not a huge thing we have to dive into, but the therapist will explain like policies mm -hmm. in that session and their boundaries, like therapist boundaries, because mm -hmm. each each of us have different boundaries and what we are and aren't comfortable with. Yeah, um, so, especially yeah. in communication. Mm -hmm. Some of our policies, I'll just share as an example so you guys know what we're talking about. Some of our policies are um, 24 hours notice for any cancellations or mm. reschedules. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if it's within those 24 hours, um, if it's an emergency, sickness, car trouble, snow. Yeah. Something completely something out, of your like control. out of your control. That's, that's an essential. We don't charge for that, but often, I think different therapists might have different, I'm not sure what fees. all cancellation mm -hmm. fees, but, um, Mine is if you cancel last minute within those 24 hours or if you double book something or no show, I will charge half of our session fee mm -hmm. for that. So that's one policy that you might hear being discussed. Uh, another one might be fee schedule. We talk about that. Yeah. Um, I talk a, like a little bit about... Well, I'm not sure about other policies. Honestly, I feel like there are some, but... Well, I don't know, like, if it gets into, like, boundaries a little bit, though. Yeah, it might be some boundaries. Because I, like, I'll tell my clients, they can text me for scheduling. Mm -hmm. That is it. That's it. Mm -hmm. that's it. Um, and if you text me something that's not scheduling, I'll say, like, hey, I'm glad that happened. Or sorry to hear that, but please email me, mm -hmm. you know, um, or refer to my email. Because um, I will not go into any depth over text. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually a courtesy that I offer, like, texting as a scheduling thing. Yeah. Just because it's really convenient, but it still is a courtesy that I do that. Mm -hmm. And I say, if you have any deeper questions or need a resource, you can email me. And I'll get back to you within one to two days. Mm -hmm. I give myself one to two days because mm -hmm. I hate responding to emails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's my I think boundary. most people feel that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think Wendy had mentioned every counselor has different boundaries of mm -hmm. what works best for them yeah honestly yeah so wendy how do i know if a therapist is a good fit for me that's a good question mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what we get asked a lot yeah yeah first one is if they specialize in what you need or can work with your presenting issues mm -hmm. which we talked about earlier yeah if you feel heard, understood, emotionally validated, seen, etc., it's important that therapists are not talking about themselves Preach. all the time. <laughs> I've had that. I know mm. you had a rough experience with that. I won't go into detail, but yes, yes, but you had that experience, so you you felt the other side of that. Yeah, therapists will sometimes use their own. I sometimes use examples from my personal life. Mm -hmm. Right. If it fits with what my clients are going through. Yeah. And I, I'm very intentional about here's a story from my personal life. Here's something that I went through. I'll share it. And then this is how I can relate to you in this way. Or here's what I did. What do you think about that? What did you take away from that? And then it always mm -hmm. needs to come back to you as the client. Always. That's how therapists sharing their personal stuff is beneficial in counseling. Mm -hmm. And it's like... My thing is, like, probably absolutely no more than two scenarios per session. Mm -hmm. One is where I kind of hang out yeah. at. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, maybe one per session. Another one to know if your therapist is a good fit is if they've earned your trust and you trust them. Yeah. Like, if you walk away and you're like, I don't know if I can trust what they're saying or mm -hmm. I don't know if I believe them. Then that's no good. I don't know if I trust their confidentiality. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um... That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. But also check and see if it's your view of them, if you have a hard time trusting people in general, mm. because sometimes it's okay to stretch that trust. Mm. So if it's you, it's okay to... Um, Make sure you're kind of identifying that, being aware of that. Right. Yeah. Be aware of whether or not that's actually the therapist. If you feel like it is a therapist who's not taking confidentiality seriously, mm. I would recommend address, like confronting them on it, addressing yeah. it, and then if you need to, find someone else. Yeah. yeah. You're never going to find a, most likely, you're never going to find a more safe room to bring up a confrontation than with a therapist, mm. and they welcome it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Another one is you know they want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's not really a concrete black and white thing to judge or no. to see, but it's just a feeling. Like if you feel like they have the, your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they match you, if you're quieter, they're quieter, etc. Mm-hmm. If you are very more vocal, expressive, emotional, and you're matched with a therapist who is reserved and like quietly spoken and maybe isn't quick to, um, like I'm one who's more, I'm a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. So if I'm matched with a therapist who's quiet and doesn't really like interject a whole lot, mm-hmm. I would probably just overrun the whole session and it wouldn't be helpful for me. Right, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get any interjection. Right. So I would probably need someone who matches my personality a little more, is a little more quick to say, hang on, Wendy, stop. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I would actually say this is this one can be a little hard for me when someone is angry in session. Because I can feel myself kind of like recoil a little bit. And I'm like, no, you need to be here for their anger. And I welcome the anger. Like, I truly do want it. And it's like my own stuff sometimes. And that might not be very, like, transparent. Like, I don't think it's, like, that they would be aware of it. Right. But um, right. but that's what you're feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, like, and so I think, yeah, it's important. But I'm just, like, as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, sometimes I do struggle with, mm-hmm. like, just anger. But, mm-hmm. yeah. That's but in general, it would be important that you know your counselor is present. Mm-hmm. No matter, I guess, like, what emotion you bring in or what story mm-hmm. you bring in, that they are fully there for you in that yeah. moment. Well, another fun thing, not to derail too much, but another fun thing is when clients are cussing or swearing. Mm. Like, I won't actually swear until they've sworn, Mm -hmm. you know? And when they do, I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use their curse words, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and so that they know that, like, it's fine. They can swear here. You're not judging them for the language you're using. Sometimes it's the only word that fits. It is kind of fun watching their expression sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because we're more like you know we're you know in we work in a church kind like in a setting like mm-hmm. that so it's they're like what you can do that here <laughs> yeah, so i don't safe. have to apologize for this yeah another thing that is good for a therapist is if they can educate you on what's relevant to you they can teach you about your symptoms about mm-hmm. what you might be feeling what you might be experiencing, the words, the language related mm-hmm. to mental health and your symptoms. Like patterns and like relationship yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. This is one that I find I I didn't know that I struggled with, but when I was reading over this, I think I do. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I falsely kind of assume, because I've been working in the field for a while, that I falsely assume or just kind of have this idea that everyone kind of knows this. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not true. You know, yeah. that's not... Um, a true thought or a true statement, but I kind of have this idea that because a lot of people in my world have this understanding and have this knowledge. Yeah, it's because they have you in their world, so <laughs> you probably talk about it, <laughs> or just like social media, like is really on the mental health bandwagon right now. Yeah, so, right now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it just feels like people have so much access to this. So like, why wouldn't they know our? Mm-hmm. It just seems like they sh- they would know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend, two friends of mine. Um. I won't go into too much detail but about EMDR mm, and woo, woo. we won't go into maybe some other time we'll go into yeah. that not today but my one friend was like so what is EMDR I've never heard of this I was like oh right okay you don't you know. don't know and it's normal <laughs> completely understandable that you don't know yeah but you know I just assumed that she did right mm-hmm. I understand I that. feel like Lancaster County is almost very much like that though like it's assumed that everybody uh, knows the same mm-hmm. type of things and it's actually not really like that outside of here like growing up back home or even where I went to college or where I oh. did grad school it's like normal that everybody knows something yeah. different yeah yeah which makes more sense to me <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's, that's like logic but I <laughs> I love having your perspective, Candace. You're out of Lancaster County culture perspective. Mm-hmm. It's been so helpful to me. Oh. So I really appreciate that. Awesome. I really like like the spectrum though, because like you are fully like very in, Lancaster, Lancaster County. County right? You can diverse. trace your family all the way back to like the original settler, right? You yeah. had said that. What? Hans Her. What? Hans Her is my like twelfth great grandpa, eleventh. How my do My mom you... was a her. Okay. Is what? what? All right. That baffles me. Yeah. Hans Herr was the first settler in Lancaster County. I mean, you know the Hans Herr house, right? Nope. Okay. 
Come on. I married into the Hunter House is <laughs> Lancaster County culture. Um, I don't even know where it is. Somewhere towards Lancaster, and it's like the first. Yeah, it's his house, and he came over from Germany, I guess. I'm assuming he did, because most people came over from Germany that are <laughs> yeah. here. Or Switzerland. Or one or the other. Very German. <laughs> Stoic. So um, yes, and even my dad's side. So it's my mom, and my dad was a good. Is a good. And um, hmm. he can trace his back mm-hmm. yeah. very far. Oh, well, that's yeah. amazing. I grew up here, but, like, my maiden name is Donegan, so, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> not very Lancaster Countyan. <laughs> Didn't know that the cabin wasn't <laughs> a place in PA. One place. <laughs> we talk about a lot how Candace... Oh, uh, Grace, too, I guess. I didn't, were, I didn't know that until I was, like, 18, 19, yeah. though. I should have known that like, earlier. just learned it, but... We talk about going to the cabin. You know, go to the cabin this weekend. We're going to the cabin. And I'll let Candace. It's when everyone says, oh, I'm going to the cabin. It sounds like you're all going to one collective place, like the one very large cabin Mm -hmm. that everybody goes to. I've learned. I've gotten to visit a couple different cabins. So, yeah. yeah. It's a real cultural, like, shock here, though. I can understand that. It is. But I feel like as counselors, it's kind of our job to to know that. To Mm -hmm. know that, like, yes, this is Lancaster County culture, but a lot of our clients come from the outside. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm actually a first-generation American. Not even my siblings were born in this country, so... Wait, are you serious? True story. Where were your siblings born? Trinidad and Tobago. What? So, like, way across the sea. So cool. I'm as American as a cheeseburger girl. I grew up here. We're going to have to talk a little more, but I had no idea. (laughs) I'm as American as a cheeseburger. I love it. But, yeah, like, we're we're ready to work with people from lots of different backgrounds, and it's important that your counselor can do the same. They aren't Mm -hmm. just stuck in their own culture. They have become educated on other cultures as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did we get on that? I don't know. Educating on what's relevant to you, and I was saying how I kind of assume that... Oh, everyone and that's knows mental health county thing. because, and so I don't think to educate as much as what I should. Okay. So it's a go. good reminder for me. There we go. I hope okay. all that extra information was relevant <laughs> to you and you enjoyed learning more about our family. <laughs> here in Lancaster County, probably. Okay. So how else do you know if a, good, a therapist is a good fit for you? They challenge you gently and respectfully. Mm-hmm. This is why you go to therapy to be challenged, yeah. but it needs to be gently and respectfully. Yeah. And I will sometimes tell my clients, you know, I'm going to challenge you on that. Like, I'll kind of tell them up front, I'm challenging you. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think. Here's what I want to kind of push you towards. Mm-hmm. Another one being they don't rush your treatment. Yeah. Yes. That one I do struggle with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, like, I think I might have said this before, where it's like I'm connecting all the dots as I'm listening to you. I see where this came from, and I see where I want to go with your, like, trauma mm-hmm. and and you know you as a person and i've experienced this too where it's like i'm not ready to talk about that yet yeah. i'm not ready to process that i didn't even know that existed till you just brought this point up right now so i am like okay grace slow slow <laughs> take it back no there's just a lot that like tabs open that we're juggling mm-hmm. when we're talking to clients where it's like okay make sure to write that down you'll talk about it in another session mm-hmm. um but uh, I do struggle with that one sometimes where I'm like, you know what? And I have apologized. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just said that and I just saw how anxious it made you. I'm so sorry. I think I rushed that. And they benefit from hearing that. That's another good one. A therapist who's willing to apologize. That's a big you, deal. like, are not okay with something. So, or if they're kind of on a wrong track. I've had a few times before where I, I'm kind of like poking at something and my client will say, you know what? I that really doesn't fit for me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll be like, okay, well, what about this route? Like, is this a connection? I could see that this could really be a connection. And they're kind of like, I don't see it. Like, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. feeling it. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be after, like, talking about it for quite a bit. And then I'll say, you know what? Okay, I'm really sorry. That's fine. Let's kind of regroup, go back to where we were originally, and mm-hmm. kind of try something else out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk so, to find something for you. However, yeah. example of a bad therapist, mm. if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and they're like, no, this mm-hmm. is it, Yeah. then that's, that's not a good sign. That's right. their agenda. So, mm-hmm. like, even if we, and here's the thing, even if I know, like, I'm right, I'm like, well... I bet in, like, 10 sessions they're going to be like, yeah. yeah, that's true. And even if I know that, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's not about you. It's, it's not them. about me. And if if you don't, if you say no, I respect that. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. it's about your choice, your autonomy when you're in my office. So, mm-hmm. like, 
it's not it's not personal if we're suggesting things or for wrong or for right it's mm -hmm. about you what you can handle what you think about that in that moment and yes. that's what we care most about yeah mm -hmm. so if your therapist isn't apologizing isn't um apologizing when they do something that's off base or kind of like are warrants it getting so yeah mm -hmm. well, they shouldn't be apologizing all the time yeah, Mika's right. another one if your therapist is constantly saying sorry I'm sorry I'm so sorry I'm well sorry. then you almost feel like you have to counsel them yeah. it's like no yeah. you're yeah. Fine. Okay. that would be a bad therapist very bad ultimately if you feel hopeful helped and you notice some sort of progress progress might be fast or slow it's mm -hmm. different for everyone sometimes it's slow but some sort of progress each time or looking back from when you started therapy till now if you can see that there has been progress Mm -hmm. you're you're on a good track with them i like to say give yourself a month oh yeah we are not fairies we don't no. snap any fingers no. and make stuff happen no. so give the process a month yeah. and see how or four sessions four sessions how often yes. you yeah if you see them once a week then yeah. that would be a month but yeah. four mm -hmm. sessions and that depends on like your severity when you're coming in seeing mm -hmm. us too but yeah and I'm, a good therapist will check in with you mm -hmm. you know it's like you know i've noticed maybe we've talked about this a couple times are you noticing any growth with this mm -hmm. um are you feeling even if it's like an inch of like hope you know like sometimes that's we ha how we have to measure things it's not like everything's fine and dandy now it's like do you feel like just a smidge better mm -hmm. and that's important yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a big list. There's a lot we talked about, about whether or not a therapist is a good fit for you. Take it as a grain of salt, maybe? Yeah, it's not like, an exhaustive list. Like, no. like yeah. we said before, it's like, you are so uniquely you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And your experiences are uniquely you. Yes, we have some commonalities with other humans, but um, we might not have hit on everything. Um, mm -hmm. And therapists are also uniquely them. And organizations and clinics are also unique to them. Mm -hmm. So it, this isn't an exhaustive list, yeah. but hopefully it gives you just kind of a framework yeah. guideline. And give yourself a few sessions, maybe four to six sessions, before deciding whether or not your therapist is a good fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you notice something really off in the first session, that's okay. Say no. I would not like to reschedule. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to do that. Yeah. yeah. But if you're not quite sure, give it a little bit and... Um, Have you ever had a client ghost you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cancel and not... Yeah. Yeah. Like, they didn't show up for, like, their third session or something. Yeah. And you reached out once, which I think is appropriate to reach mm -hmm. out, and mm -hmm. then they never got back to you. Yeah. And then they vanish. But, I mean, I can speak for myself. I'm going to go ahead and speak for you two. We don't take that personally. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like... We don't care. Yeah. We really don't care. Like, this is, this is you. This is your treatment. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to come back... That's your decision. Yeah. I tell my clients up front in our intake session, I say, not every counselor is a good fit for every client. Yep. I might not be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And I tell, I haven't had anyone say this yet, but I do tell them, like, if after this session or at any point you feel like it's not a good fit, please tell me and yeah. I want to work with you to find someone who might yeah. be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had anyone take me up on that. They just don't reschedule mm -hmm. <laughs> which is fine you know yeah. it's okay confrontation is hard yeah it, it is, is hard. hard but i understand that and i don't take that personally mm -hmm. um we care more yeah. about you than our egos yeah in the end yeah. <laughs> absolutely true. yeah we and i like getting to hear stuff from clients but it doesn't always happen like people don't really take me up on that right but i want to work on my stuff too because we're always yeah. evolving and growing as therapists too yeah. so i want to know if i'm blindly doing something that's like way mm -hmm. off yeah. base and not helpful to you because it might be help not helpful for someone else and mm -hmm. i can adjust it I can yeah it helps so. me become a better therapist yeah. absolutely Actually, I have a super impactful story for me. A time or two, I had um, a person I was working with let me know that what I was doing wasn't helpful. They didn't feel like they were growing the way they wanted to. We were able to talk about it. I was able to change some things, and now, um, or I guess they were able to do a lot better moving forward. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I really appreciated their honesty um, yeah. and their willingness to tell me that it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's not about us. Mm -hmm. It's not about us. Um, and if and we have lots of things we can do so we can pivot a little bit mm -hmm. um, and then meet that client with what's helpful for them. Absolutely. But you wouldn't have known that. Nope. Unless, you know, you heard that. It would be much harder for me to find out from, like, through the grapevine or, you know, sessions down the road, years down the road, 
that someone stayed, like kept coming to counseling and was frustrated internally because we weren't talking about what they wanted to, we weren't mm -hmm. focusing on what they wanted to, and just felt like it was off and never said anything. That would break my heart. Me <laughs> yeah. too. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would feel so much better, so much more comfortable if I knew right away you know, this isn't where I want to go. This isn't really helpful. Mm -hmm. This isn't what I want to talk about. Like, yeah. I'd be like, yes, okay, thank you so much for telling me. Yeah. I need to know that now. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's shift a little bit and find what is good for you. Absolutely. Because we, we're not perfect. No, nope. <laughs> we don't always know. No. Yeah. Definitely not perfect. Mm -hmm. So moral of the story, please be honest with your therapist. Yeah. So we had some questions we put up on our Instagram. Um, what are some questions you have for therapy? So let's talk about those. Yes. Thank you so much to everyone that sent in questions. Yeah. I love it. I love hearing from you guys. Yes. Question number one. What are likes and dislikes you, being the whole mind crew, have about the intake session? Oh. Um, I, I think that I, we kind of listed this a little bit earlier, too. But, yeah. Um, I don't know, just that it is, it, it's not too hard for me now, but in the beginning it was hard for me that we didn't do a whole lot in that, mm -hmm. in that session. Um, I think honestly though, the biggest struggle I have is just a little bit of anxiety, like performance anxiety, mm -hmm. because I don't have a relationship with this person yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know exactly what to expect, yeah. um, where we're going to go, even though if I've had the intake form for a little bit, um, and and I want, I know that their apprehensions and anxiety are going to be, you know, mm -hmm. higher coming in too. Mm -hmm. um, and I want, I want to help. Like I want to make sure mm -hmm. that I'm helpful. Um, and that really, that subsides like 10 minutes in. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I think that's actually something that I like about the intake session. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that they might be coming in really nervous about it and feeling like I can act and talk in a way that can help dispel some mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really do like meeting people and talking to them for the first time. And yeah. um, some people have a hard time with small talk and don't like it. I don't really mind small talk. Sometimes I, I enjoy that. Lakester County. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's such a Lakester County Just thing. Just a product of the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see that tractor over there? <laughs> I'm just saying that the small talk. <laughs> the small talk. Oh, my word. Okay. Anyways, great. Cool. <laughs> well, there goes that. Ooh, the knife went in. I'm so sorry. It went deep. <laughs> deep into my legs. No, no, but small talk is so important. It is. Because it, <laughs> it, like, is. It, it feels like we're chatting, we're building a connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I actually do enjoy that about the intake session helping you feel comfortable in my office, um, kind of making a joke. I have two pillows on my sofa, so I, I'm like, come on in, have a seat. <laughs> kind of like, ha ha, do whatever you want with the pillows. You know, some people throw them on the floor, some people hug them, you know, you yeah. sit on them, whatever's comfortable, and they kind of like chuckle. That. And So I kind of enjoy that, like meeting someone for the first time and, and creating that atmosphere. Of safety. I also like asking them, towards the end like not right away but like what were you feeling when you walked down the hall mm -hmm. or walked in the door that kind of tells me a lot about where they're at and how they feel about it a lot it's of people a great say they're question. anxious yeah yeah it's fun yeah a lot of people say they're anxious some people felt hopeful and that kind of tells me that mm. if you're feeling hopeful you might be in a pretty rough spot yeah and this yeah. is kind of like a maybe not for sure but it might be like a last hope or a last straw sort of mm -hmm. thing that like okay I'm gonna do this and hopefully it works yeah yeah so and I just enjoy hearing stories in the intake sessions I I really do like it I like hearing where you've been what all you've been through and hopefully lifting a little bit of that from you and just as you're talking and sharing with someone else hopefully I can be that listening ear in that presence mm -hmm. that even though we're not doing a lot of work a lot of therapy work in the session it's just lifting some of that weight yeah. from you. Yeah, I do. I do really like asking that question too, because because it not only does it make me more passionate when I hear from them like how they're feeling coming in, mm -hmm. um, but I also like can see just the wave of relief when they say, "I am feeling really anxious." Yeah, um, and I'm like, "That's so normal. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Super and, normal. You know, we respect that." Yeah, um, I've seen that too with pe people like being able to admit that they're really scared being here. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it. They really do. It changes their, like, okay, I can tell you that I'm scared about this. Mm-hmm. And it's like the really first interested. initial way you can build trust, I yeah. think, with a client. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that, too, asking at the end. I, I never thought about asking it the way that you do, um, like coming into the door or hallway or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I like that. It's a good way to set it up. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, so, you know, you said anxious in the beginning. What about now? And there, it's you. It's always I, w- I shouldn't say always, but it's usually less anxious. Or mm-hmm. I love love when they say hopeful. That's mm-hmm. just oh, that is like music to my ears when mm-hmm. I hear that. Yeah. So good. Another question: What are fun things you do in the intake session? <laughs> do, we <have> fun <laughs> do we? Do we have fun in this first session? Cartwheels. Cartwheels down the hall. Where did the cartwheels thing come from? I just like, said it earlier. Okay. I don't actually do like I don't actually do cartwheels with my we clients. Can't. Sorry, We're too guys. old and broken yeah. and frail. I mean, I mostly see a younger crowd, like teenagers. So we might talk about like your favorite color or your favorite food and just like stuff that doesn't actually have to do with like the reason that Mm. you're here when it's nice i love going outside i really don't like being in my Mm. office if i can be super honest i love being outside you don't have any windows i work out of a box i wouldn't like being in your office either (laughs) it's like cute like i like my decorations and stuff thank you um but i like to go out on the swings with them i like to go for a walk um we grab a frisbee go throw it around and chat out there as long as there's no one else close of course um, that's so word. good. Just to make it less sterile. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, Especially is. with teens, I can only Guys. imagine. Well, they sit in school all day. Heaven knows they don't want to just sit in my office and yeah. chat most of the time, especially during school. Right now it's cold, yeah. so we do have to sit in my office. But like snowmen. therapy. I'll see you all outside when it starts snowing. I'm out there. Snowball fight. Get that aggression out. Oh my gosh. Catharsis. <laughs> Come see Candace. She does fun things in your intake. I don't yeah. really do anything fun. I mean, we talk about, like, in your intake session on the first page, it talks about where you live, like your address, obviously, um, your job, and school and stuff. So all like, education, yeah. oh, you live close by. Like, how long have you lived here? Are you new to the area? Yeah. Are you born and raised here? Um, what do you do for your job? What do, you, do you like it? How long have you been there? Like that kind of small talk. And I don't yeah. know if that's that's not really fun. Well, you see more of like an older. They don't want to go too. on the swings, so yeah. it's okay what you. They do don't want people to. See. I would imagine when I sometimes I'll ask my clients, I'm like, do you want to go for a walk? Or if it's nice out, not if it's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do all the other stuff though, <laughs> like the swings and the frisbee. That's so cool. Um, and sometimes they're like, no, I don't want anyone to see me. Mm-hmm. So there's that too. And that's good. Please say no. Yes. Or if you don't no, want to, say no. I'm a mom. I've been on my feet all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to sit. Yeah. So I'm sure like you would get that a lot too because you'd probably see more of that population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next question. Can you remember your first intake session? What was that like? <laughs> oh, that day will live in infamy. <gasps> do you remember it? I do remember it. Tell me about it. I'd never been so scared in my life. <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah. I, obviously, I was like brand, brand new counselor. Was it an intern or like was you talking intern. like intern? Okay, so yeah. very first. Yeah, like, very first. Session. Yeah. Intake. Yeah. Okay. I can remember. I can remember the whole scene, what office I was in, oh all of it, gosh. because I knew that I was going to remember this day forever. Was like, it here? This it was, was your here. First, yeah. Which is, office were you in? I was probably in your office, actually. Was it yeah, I think it was, and I was Aww. sitting in your little chair, and they were out on the couch. Aww. Wow. Yeah. What was it like day. for you? Terrifying. Like you I, I was pretty scared. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty scary, oh. but as it went on, I just like kind of took it one piece at a time. Yeah. I'm a natural born planner, so when I feel like I'm not exactly sure what to do, I make a plan for exactly what will happen. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and then I kind of got more into a groove with my intakes, and now I would say I'm pretty like relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like I feel pretty confident that like I'm a good counselor. I got yeah. this. We're yeah. all gonna be okay. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, that was my first appointment or oh, my first intake. Intake. Do you remember yours, Grace? I do, and I feel so bad for that client. (laughs) I feel bad for all my early clients. I know, but especially that Mm -hmm. one. Similar to you, I had no idea, and our supervisor talked us 
talked me through it a lot. He's like, this is what you do, this is what you yeah. expect. And still, I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I watched you YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube That's video after YouTube smart. video. And I still was so anxious. Uh, so they came in at like five. And honestly, I was the only counselor there that evening. Oh, oh my goodness. Was that good or bad? Like, did that help you? Or? No, I was okay. so scared because I was like, what if I botch this? And they like oh. need someone who's better and like oh. all this stuff. <laughs> Grace. Oh my gosh, there's so much anxiety about it. And, and and they came in and I like tried to start doing therapy too after we kind oh. of worked through the intake session I was like that's the thing that I was like wow you moved way too quickly there mm. and I think that is like you know an intern's like mm -hmm. bent like they feel like they have to move too mm -hmm. quickly or they mm -hmm. feel the pressure to do something yeah. um to and, make it worth it yeah and I was like oh crap and I apologized to her like three sessions down the road when I knew better um <laughs> but uh, yeah I just they've come back to see me and so like and I've had that happen with some of my other you know intern clients where they've come back to see me so like I know I didn't you didn't ruin it I didn't ruin <laughs> them or <laughs> mess it up or I don't know and that's I guess why it's less about us and more just about yeah. like what you need to get out of it but yeah I actually don't remember my first intake session, which is kind of sad. I wish oh. I did. I remember the first like year or so that I was seeing clients individually. I, I would pray that they would no show or cancel. Oh yeah. And I've been I there. I feel so bad. But like when I heard the door open and they came walking out, I was like, oh no, okay. Because I was so anxious and yeah. so like I doubted myself so much, and I think. I mean, some of that I would think was okay. Like, I didn't want to have, like, new counselor where, like, I know this and I can do, like, yeah, that, that would be appropriate. kind of not, like, okay if you yeah. like that. Yeah, but I was kind of yeah. the other extreme where I was like, no, 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 just don't come to me. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just say, well, I can't do it. I'm not good. Um, yeah. I don't feel that way anymore. I get really excited to see my clients. So, mm -hmm. uh, But my first intake session, I don't know if it was at... In, uh, I can't remember whether I started interning here or at day seven first, because I was at day seven for a few years, uh, too, okay. in Lancaster, so I can't remember which one it was, um, but I have no idea who it was with. I wish I knew. That's sad. But, like, in <laughs> general, like, this feeling of anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Yes. Understandable. Um, yeah, so another question um, that we were asked uh, was... What if I don't like my therapist? I think we kind of touched on that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if it's appropriate, talk to them about it. If mm -hmm. you feel like it's something that you can work on together. If you feel like it's a personality thing or kind of more of how they conduct their therapy, then you can tell them, I feel like this isn't a good fit. Um, do you have any other referrals? I'm looking for someone who maybe does this differently or, you know, you can explain a little bit of what you feel like isn't a good fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you want to work together or if that confrontation is too much for you, um, you might just cancel your session and you don't need to explain why you don't owe them an explanation. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I did have someone do that within the last year they canceled and I, and I told them, I was like, that's fine. Like, thanks for letting me know. Um, let me know when you'd like to reschedule. And I always just uh, throw that out there. Like, I want you to contact, like, I want you to initiate the rescheduling. I'm not going to mm -hmm. be like, here's dates and times that work yeah, for me. Yeah, you can't hound person. No. no. No one likes that. And no. they never replied. And it went about a month or so, and I didn't hear anything. So I just texted them again. I was like, hey, I just want to make sure, like, I didn't drop the ball or anything. But um, if, how did I say it? You can completely disregard this text and, you know, don't text back um, if you found someone else or if you're just okay canceling. Um, or if you want to schedule something again, let me know. Like, mm -hmm. I'm here. And yeah. I didn't hear back again. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah. That was it. That's fine. Yeah. So, it's okay to do that, too. If you don't feel comfortable with your therapist, you can just completely ghost us. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, yeah. We get the hint. <laughs> yeah. It's not per Like, we don't take it personal. Like, no. we've had all sorts of ways that that's happened. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Something I will throw out there, if you feel like your counselor is like super unethical and you don't want to see them, but you, you almost feel like they've crossed a line and someone else needs to know, mm. you should chat with their supervisor. That information will probably be on your intake form. And if you don't remember it, you can call into their main office, mm -hmm. ask for that name um, and email or give that person a call. Yeah. Yeah, because that can happen. It can happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older, I've realized the value of bringing awareness to people, not to degrade them or, you know, push them down or anything, but just, hey, are you aware that this is happening? Like in a mm -hmm. restaurant, are you aware that the fries are burnt? Yeah. You know, I'm okay. Can you get, like, if you can get some new ones, it's fine. But just so you know, mm -hmm. so it doesn't affect your business mm -hmm. yeah. and you don't get a bad name for it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we want here, too, is if someone is being unethical, mm -hmm. let someone know so that it doesn't continue. And then the, the business or the, the practice develops a bad name because of that one person. Yeah. And yeah. no one really yeah. knows. Mm -hmm. so. Like oh, if yeah. they're being unethical with you, they are probably being unethical yeah. with their other clients. So mm -hmm. it would be important to tell someone. That's Absolutely. a good point, Candice. How much therapy is too much therapy? That's another question. Yeah. So like when someone becomes too dependent on the therapeutic process? I think so. Okay, probably. That's why I took it. Yeah. I, and I think I'd just put a little caveat here. Like it really depends on like if you have a severe mental illness, like diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm thinking like um, you're working through some pretty severe trauma mm -hmm. too. If you feel like you need more long-term, you know, therapy, like that's probably true so honestly i think therapy can run any like across the board for every sort of um issue there is it can be anywhere from three sessions to 50 years yeah mm -hmm. right yeah <laughs> on and off like yeah. it Maintenance really does mode. Yeah. yeah sometimes i won't see a client for two months every two months mm -hmm. or sometimes i'm working you know but they they have reached the point where they don't need need mm -hmm. to keep seeing me every mm -hmm. week or every two weeks. They can now use this stuff and we unpack a few things, you know, in the two months and re revalue how they're using their co coping skills or, mm -hmm. you know, things in their relationships. But it's like a checkup. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, getting a physical. That's kind of what that is. So I think to really answer this question, it depends on what you're looking for therapy for. Mm -hmm. And you and your therapist can kind of evaluate every so many sessions on are you becoming too dependent like are you doing okay do you really need to be coming in mm -hmm. if so good let's keep doing it yeah. if not if it's time for you to start practicing some of the tools on your own first I've done that with clients too like mm -hmm. hey let's not schedule again if something comes up work on what we've go back through what we talked about mm -hmm. work on that first and if you can't get through it contact me and we'll schedule yeah that's okay yeah mm -hmm. And if, you know, they're um, needing therapy for accountability, like there's just like no way they would work through anything on their own, sometimes that happens too. But mm -hmm. like we're always assessing that as therapists. Like mm -hmm. I, maybe that's a sign of a good therapist too is like we're always assessing if this, if we need to move to three weeks or four weeks or five weeks now. We're always thinking about that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have a good therapist, they're probably going to be checking in about mm -hmm. that and pointing out things that they've noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of my graduate school professors, who is brilliant, he told us that we are always trying to work ourselves out of a job. Mm -hmm. We're always trying to equip our clients to be okay without us. Yeah, I heard one person say one time that it was like, it's okay, you never need to reach graduation, or some people call that termination of therapy. Um, and it's okay to have like therapy gurus and stuff. And I was like, no. That's not okay. We're not no. a, breeding a culture of like dependence and yeah. stuff. But no. so I think a good therapist will always be working themselves out of job, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. But it might be 50 years and that might be what you need. Yeah. And if that's truly what you need to work through stuff and to yeah. maintain health, good. <laughs> yeah. Like there are just some mental illnesses that, and this isn't hopefully going to encourage anyone to compare. No. But there are some okay. mental illnesses that are very, very severe, and they really need help, like mm -hmm. weekly or bi-weekly help mm -hmm. um, to get through. So yep. that does happen. Our last question, how do you know what you need slash who's a good fit without trying a lot of people? So this person's asking, how do you know what kind of therapist you need 
And how do you know this therapist might be a good fit without trying a lot of therapists? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's kind of what we talked about earlier Yeah. in seeing whether it's a good fit. You might need to try a lot of people. Mm. I don't think it's really a black and white checklist no, that you can know before meeting with someone. It's hard. It's hard. I, I get it. And yeah. there's resources and practical things and schedules to be mindful of. But, man, yeah. it's not one size fits all at all. I think the biggest thing is know what kind of values you would want in someone who has a lot of input in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you want someone who has the same spiritual values or moral values, ethical values as you, if that's really important to you, then search out someone who, read the biographies and like mm -hmm. explore that a little more. So you're not matched with someone who, um, you know, if you're a Christian, a Jesus believing Christian and do some research to make sure you're not matched with someone who uses Buddhist or Hindu ideologies all the time mm -hmm. in their sessions mm -hmm. because that might not be a good fit for you. So that's the extreme. They don't bring out like a doll and say like, this is how we get rid of your anger. Right. <laughs> Start punching this doll and someone else will feel it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's important. So that's that's, that's important that yeah. your values match up. Um, I think um, some of the stuff that we said earlier about like, what is a good therapist and just stuff that we've added on to that i think that's really important um mm -hmm. that's kind of how you know that they'll be a good fit for you yeah um so i really maybe listen to that a couple of times mm -hmm. um, to get an idea um but as far as like how um how do you know what you need if I'm if I'm hearing that question as like far as what do i need out of therapy because mm. i don't know they might have just been asking like what do I need in a therapist? But if I'm hearing that question yeah, of like, how do I know what I need to therapy? I think some of that we listed earlier too is like you're in unhealthy patterns. Mm -hmm. um, you're self-sabotaging things or... Or your self-talk is negative. Your self-talk mm -hmm. is you negative. You yourself beating yourself oh. up a lot about choices or, you know, things you say, things you do, things yeah. you think, and you're just negatively talking about yourself. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're unsatisfied in, like, some marital stuff. Like, mm -hmm. well, why? What's going on? Like, what's your communication like? Is there mm -hmm. communication? Mm -hmm. um, that's important. Do you feel like you can talk about what you need and what you don't need? Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of unrepressed trauma. Like, if you know you have a dysfunctional or traumatic background, like, probably has affected you. Mm -hmm. And, well, it has affected you. And mm -hmm. you maybe have some stuff you're not aware of you mm -hmm. know, um, or healing from. Yeah, working through it would be good. We're not taking away from the fact that therapy is scary and like mm -hmm. it is hard to start, Yeah. but a good therapist takes it so slow with you and they meet you exactly mm -hmm. where you are every mm -hmm. single week. We create a safe space for you to work through that trauma and that hard stuff that you might not see super clearly yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think an important thing to ask, and this is a hard question, so I'm really sorry for how this might hit some people, but what are you resistant to in thinking about therapy? Like, what are you resistant to with starting it, with going, and mm -hmm. um, how has that stopped you from getting to your growth and where you wanna be as a person? On that note, that's a good note to end on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a hard note to end on, but... Go chew on that, guys. Go chew on that. <laughs> that was my chewing noise. <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> a little chipmunk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, that's all we have for you today. Um, this was fun. I liked doing this, this one. I like talking about this, yeah. and hopefully you guys enjoyed this, too. Of course, I have fun with every, every episode we record. <laughs> I think I say that every time. Like, that was fun. We had fun. Yeah. yeah. We really enjoy doing this. I do anyway. I yeah. Yes. We you, also enjoy love it. it. Love, love it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be recording more. So until next time.